I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. My guest this episode is Kay Marie Dunn. And uh, Thriving Matters podcast is all about people thriving in life and work. And Kay, Marie, I am absolute awe of what you do. Now, I know we have a connection through the Global Leaders Thrive program that's currently running, and you're going to be one of our presenters for our visit to New Zealand. So our program goes around the world. So the podcast is global as well. Um, all about thriving in life and work and it's an interesting situation for us all because we've all been living through a pandemic in 2020 with some tail end um, isolation that's occurring in Australia and New Zealand and then when we look at the rest of the world um, we have uh, we've been fairly heavily protected I believe by decisions that have been made at local government level and our sense of community for caring for each other. So we probably have been living in um, more of an ideal situation than some of our other global citizens. But what I'm fascinated about is you and your work and how you thrive in your daily life. Now, a little bit of a potted history about you. Your CV is pretty well amazing. You've worked for about 18 years within government and community and you have a passion for for community and in particular your Māori heritage uh, it's rich so coming to us from the North Island of New Zealand welcome and hello it's time you said hello <laughs> well what an introduction kia ora Kerry kia ora koutou um, it's so nice to be on this podcast and to share some thoughts I guess about Thriving in Aotearoa as an Indigenous woman, as an Indigenous business owner, and then also um, just being really proactive in my community. Uh, and with COVID, of course, we can't be as proactive physically. Um, you know, I've been really proactive digitally, which has um, been quite interesting considering how I've lived my life for the last 18 years. Yeah, yeah. That's the most amazing thing out of all this, isn't it, really? We were worried about the effect of artificial intelligence, algorithms, security of data, who was using what if we joined various um, platforms, digital platforms. But what AI has done for us is actually kept us together virtually. And uh, that's what I found in 2020. I got to still travel the globe um, because travel is a big part of creating a space to do the thinking about who you are now and who you are aiming to become so it's that act of being in the moment but also then becoming somebody else which is everyone's life journey and I think that's what attracts me about this notion of thriving because thriving isn't easy all the time it's not an artificial concept of um, of artificial optimism 
perhaps or um, being up and happy all the time. Thriving means that you can manage in those times of great challenge uh, when things get thrown at you from, from left field, but also when you're looking to the future and how you're going to manage your relationships with, with people. And I know at the moment you're fairly active with your team. So tell us a little bit about what puts a smile on your face when you get up most days. Well, yeah, I guess um, there's a few things that I can be grateful for. I think first and foremost, I'm really grateful for my health. I'm grateful that I'm alive and I'm grateful that I have love and I'm grateful for my whanau, my family. And so um, those are kind of core motivators that help me stay focused, um, especially when things might get tough from time to time. Um, I, I also reflect on how I've aimed to create a model of practice or a way of being really that is a little less frenetic and um, and fast paced and actually taking um, a more slower um, circular in tune with the environment approach to things and you know when I think about thriving um, I reflect on the maramataka the Maramataka is a, a moon calendar um, that we utilize here in our culture. Um, many ind Indigenous peoples will also have um, the moon and the seasons as part of their uh, daily lives and daily rituals. But I feel like the Maramataka is a good sense that over a 28 or 30 day period, the moon waxes and wanes. And over that period of time, you know, you are like full on with energy and then you also need time to retreat and rest and just being conscious about mm. how each day presents itself and the phase of the moon and how we might also adjust our energies. That's one part, being conscious of that practice, but then also the challenge of thriving in a digital environment. Um, and when I mean digital, I have a team. Um, making everything achievable is pretty much a wholly virtual environment um, and virtual company. And we've got 13 staff um, all across not only Aotearoa New Zealand, but in other parts of the world as well. And so how do you create a culture of thriving um, when we're all kind of dotted all over the place, as well as creating a sense of team, a sense of relationship, what we call whanaungatanga, and connection. Um, and then also just you know, be okay to um, to get up in the morning. What I do love, though, is that you can literally do your meetings in your pyjamas and no one will know. And I think that's a great way to thrive too. <laughs> it's, it's put a whole new um, um, lens on, on um, being comfortable in your, in your own skin in a way and being, being genuine. It's one of the things that I... I you know, people will tell you is that they've gotten to know the real people behind the screens, all because of this notion of the pajamas. Um, and, you know, and there's there's plenty of people who are saying this is you know shocking, uh, and we was all sort of chuckling in a way. We've all got a sense of humour about we'll put the top on and nobody needs to see the bottom. You know, <laughs> so it ha it has implica implications for our wardrobes and the time spent in, um, in uh, you know, working out, what am I going to wear today? Do my shoes match my, <laughs> yeah, for those that care about that. But anyway, we're, be, we're just being a little bit glib here. But it's, but it's also something that we do get the chuckles about. So 
for your team of 13, if you're just coming together now, um, um, do you mean face-to-face -face that you just... You... No, 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 this is us coming together virtually. So we virtually, took um, yeah. a couple of months um, to just reset, look at our infrastructure and how we can improve our systems. And so um, just stepping back, we set up our, our company in 2010, um, but really started to uh, knuckle down um, as a social impact agency. So our whole uh, approach to working in partnership with our our clients, our, our partners, is to really assess and, and we utilise um, an Indigenous or Kaupapa Māori model of understanding where are they, what do they need, and how might we help them solve the problems that they're trying to that they're trying to deal with on a daily. Um, and so we've been specifically working in communications, public relations. Uh, we've been acting as an intermediary for mm. 11 tribes in the far north um, and helping to digest a lot of information, especially around COVID and um, all of the dis different uh, disparate messaging that's going out. Um, so our team helped to clarify and, and put out safe messaging um, across to large audiences. And then we've also established a network for Indigenous entrepreneurs, particularly in the far north um, or Taitokero, uh, to help ensure that they have access to information, support, and a network so, um, so that we don't go under during COVID. And mm. so that's been a big part of, of our work over the last 12 months. And in November last year, um, I just finished... We graduated uh, about 42 students. Um, we partnered with another organization called Te Whare Hukuhuka, and together um, our companies delivered a program called Kahau Iteao, which was to help support uh, indigenous people into e-commerce. And that was a really intense 18 week program, um, all online. And, um, and then we finally came together in person in November. But why I'm talking about that is because it was such a brilliant opportunity to help support entrepreneurs and budding entrepreneurs to take their business to the world. We partnered with Shopify. We had amazing guest speakers from, from all over the globe um, to share their uh, e-commerce experiences. Mm. However, um, I was tired. By mm. November, I was had it. You know, the year was so relentless. It was such a relentless year. And I had a moment um, by the time we'd hit Sunday um, of that graduation, I made a decision and there were two reasons, and this is kind of coming back to thriving, two things that happened. Um, one was we had a, a beautiful woman um, called Savannah Petero and she shared um, a workshop on womb wellbeing, um, which we call a whare tangata. Mm -hmm. and, um, and both women and men in the room, and to talk about our relationship to our womb and, and how we need to decolonize that relationship and also start to um, just ask ourselves questions like, where are you leaking energy? Um, how are you actually, how have you been speaking to your body and what have you been doing to help nurture yourself and thrive? And it was a really big wake up call for me because I realized that I had been really running myself ragged and I was tired. So in that day, I made a decision that I was going to be about Modi order and that anything that I was going to involve myself in or engage in, I was only going to do it from a space of, of time 
and um, and also well-being, I guess, you know, without yeah. sounding glib in that regard, but just really making sure that um, that everything that I was going to do from that moment on was only going to be enhancing to myself, my family, my relationships, and my connections. And so from there, I started to take um, more dedicated focus on well, well-being, yes, um, and there's a whole lot of tactics around that. Um, I also started to look at, um, or started to get into exercise again. Um, I started to really focus on my sleep. Um, I started to really look at some of my own blind spots and mm -hmm. actually really identifying how I was potentially getting in the way of our team thriving. And then the other part, which has probably been the most painful of all, for me because I love being organic and I love following um, my intuition and I don't like rules or um, process too much but I recognize that in order to scale up our business um, we had to create systems and structure and sometimes <laughs> but systems and structure I had to come to a place where it wasn't restricting my ability to be creative but actually systems and structure enabled uh, us to grow and yeah. actually inside systems and structure was freedom and I didn't it's taken me 20 years to accept that as a reality and that yes required you know organization it required um, standard operating procedures to be developed it required a, a closer focus on uh, health and safety particularly health and safety in the workplace and um, and I think if we wanted to be a company that was a proudly Indigenous business, then it wasn't just about that we worked with Indigenous communities and our whānau hapu um, marae communities here in Aotearoa, but that we were also uh, models of, yeah. practitioners of well-being mm. and in our personal lives, in the way that we work with our team, in the way that we work with uh, our, our clients as well. And so that is the reason why we took time from November till yesterday um, before we started to reactivate our team again so that we all had a new um, awareness of well-being and wholeness in a way that we haven't done before. So tell me, what does that now look like in your day-to-day -day when you get together with your team? What, so what are, the, what are some of the changes that you've been able to put? So if we relate that to sort of the behaviours um, of of us. So what, what would people see you doing that's probably different to, you know, three months ago? I think there's a range of different of things that, um, that I'm doing differently. And um, again, I have to just acknowledge a good friend of mine, um, Travis from Te Whare Hukahuka, because he's been a serial entrepreneur for 30 years. <laughs> and so by working uh, beside um, him and his team and how he manages a virtual team, I've seen what or how the power of systems helps. So for example, we have um, WIP meetings, work in progress, um, so they do as well. They also have um, a spreadsheet and in it is the kind of 90 day action plan. So they go through all of the goals and tasks that they've set as a team and then they work through that collectively and then they knock it off or assign and delegate. And delegation is probably the biggest, most painful part of my practice that I haven't enjoyed um, because, you know, I'm a control freak to a certain degree and I like things to be done in a certain way. But I also realize I don't have 100 hands 
and actually by trying to hold on to things I'm slowing the process down for everybody so I had to become much more effective at delegating and we had to also be much more effective at creating briefs so being really clear about what is it that um, that we're trying to achieve and when you're um, again working virtually the way that you communicate is so important so another practice that I um, put into play now is that I also um, use Loom a video um, tool to help when I'm trying to explain something because yeah. I used to just email and I thought look I've written it that's it you should figure it out that doesn't work when you've got lots of people all over the shop so um, I now record exactly what I'm asking um, and then I also take them through how I'd like it to be done and then um, we're also developing like a frequently asked questions scenario because of course when people are asking the same question time and time again ultimately you want to try and work towards um, uh, ensuring that people are equipped to make decisions without having to rely on me yeah which was how I used to run things I used to be right in the middle and I used to oversee everything which I still do to a certain degree but I also have to delegate effectively you have to have um, a good system in place so that people feel confident to be able to make decisions specific decisions but they can make decisions on their own and that is vastly different to how I used to do things um, yeah. when I first started. So what you've done there is give us um, a great example of you looking at how your well-being was affected by the pro by the way you were working <clears throat> and looking at the change so giving yourself some freedom so doing the the workshop making sure you've you've got a strong mentor because that's what you know watching another entrepreneur and how they've 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 been working for for, for many many years um, what a great way to actually look at how I can do this differently um, and then putting it in, into play. So you've given us a great little case study on allowing your team to be self-directed and self-motivated. But I had written down very early on when you started to speak, I had written down communication and circled it. So you've come, you've come into talking about really strong communication and how you've gone about doing it. And I love the fact that you're using Loom and the little video because often... Often um, people read body language, read eyes, read the language that you use. It's very different to typed or emailed email instructions. And so together, that's probably suiting the learning styles of your team as well, um, the way that, the, that you pick up on um, what the message is. So thanks for that great example. That's, that's beautiful. Have your team started to do little videos back to you as well? <laughs> Well, they, um, they don't do videos back. Um, what we do have, though, is a really awesome system called monday.com. And that's just a project management tool that, when used effectively, is a great way to manage um, virtual teams. I mean, people use Asana. Um, you can also use, you know, Google Sheets, whatever yeah. system is useful. But the point here is that in order for me to be able to have an overview and do quality assurance um, without micromanaging, it's just really awesome that our teams are empowered to have a tracking tool yeah. um, that will enable them to just self-manage themselves. And I can also see how, how they're doing and also see how they're spending their time so that every month we can just go through and just check like, you know, that took ages. Is there a reason why? Is there any further support 
that you're needing. So that, that's been really helpful. Another really helpful part too is because we are focused on wellbeing and development as a business, we also work um, beside each of our teammates um, to understand what their developmental needs are. So for example, some want to learn te reo Māori, others want to really build their um, skills and capabilities in, in media. So we try and create the work environment so that they can actually be part of assignments that stretch them. Mm. And also um, we're looking at proactively investing in their development as well. And I'm actually quite comfortable if they leave because they've actually gotten some new skills yeah. and they want to, you know, they want to continue using their skills in other ways with other people. That's awesome because we know that we're doing our part to help them thrive as individuals because we're really focused on helping them build their confidence. And the other um, tool that I've really, really enjoyed is a book, um, which I'll share with you, um, uh, Carrie, that you can share with your network, and it's called Reorganizing Organizations. And it's um, a beautiful um, series of case studies that looks at um, maybe 50 plus companies mm -hmm. who are at differing stages. And at this moment in time, with everything that's going on, um, the style of leadership is needing to change. Mm. And so um, what this particular book looks like is what they call, um, it's like a color or traffic light spectrum. Red is kind of the old school way of operating, definitely part of the industrial age, definitely an army command and control approach to leadership yeah. versus a what they would call like an a self-actualizing company or an actualized company evolved company which I call teal and in those teal organizations they are more focused on um, uh, self-managing yeah. um, delegated authority and yeah. also dispersed um, leadership across a really flat organization really good communication but actually enabling smaller teams to be able to work around projects and support each other to um, to get work done. And then we as that kind of central nexus in between, we're just kind of helping to see if they're okay. Um, and that has really worked wonders for us um, in really helping to show how you can operate differently. And it's important for me because I have been a project manager most of my life, I'm hands-on. So I've had to shift my thinking from being a project manager to a chief executive. Um, and I'm not wanting to be the chief executive forever, but there's a different mindset yeah. um, that's required, a different style of leadership and a different way of approaching things where delegation, good communication and great support is the way that I operate now. Bev, there's some gems in what you're talking about there and showing uh, a passage of time and, and really a, an evolution of your own company and, and the, the way that you all interact together. Um, you know, self-motivated, self-directed employees um, or, or your team members, they're critical um, to being able to, to move. There's an energy that goes with that. Um, it doesn't get stuck waiting for permission. Um, yeah, and I think that's one of the, the big things in how we need to lead. I mean, change is really rapid at the moment. What we're seeing um, everywhere is um, people looking for new opportunities. So the innovation that's coming out of the challenge that we've been part of um, and that every company or every business or every team or even if, if you're a solopreneur, 
um, there are challenges all the way. So to keep that momentum going and to know when to move forward and when to rest in it and to be able to look back a little bit so then you can go forward, I think that's that's one of the keys. So in, in all this, um, um, there's I, I get the feeling that uh, you're actually quite pleased um, with how you're managing being the CEO from being um, uh, so it's moving out of the middle there to being the CEO. What what sort of feelings or emotions usually can can come up for you every now and then? Do you do you go oh um, do you ever revert back and go oh I wonder if I've just let this go too much or um, you know where, where will I be going now? What what are some of the yeah what are some of the emotions that you that sort of come back to visit you every now and then? I I think. I've had the gamut of emotions. I think that being a business owner, there's a range of things. I think when you're a small business and it's just you and your family, you know, and and because I was also working as well through the company, but I was also working. So I had a external income or an anchor income. So I was able to kind of have side hustles. But it's when it's just kind of closed and it's your own family, then, um, you know, you can, you can, do things I think or I'm not saying cutting corners but you can operate in a way um where yeah so you can operate in a way I think those that um know what I'm trying to get to understand yeah. um, what I'm saying read between the lines but when you are responsible for others it shifts yeah. quite significantly so we are now responsible for helping support 13 to 15 19 at times household mm. incomes so yeah. the responsibility um, of that awareness is quite large. Mm. And so the way that um, I've operated with my family, you can't do the same when you're dealing with others that are not your family. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to change the way that you speak, you have to change the way that you communicate, and you have to also ensure that um, things that are assumed, you cannot work with assumption in this new environment of having a team that's one so responsibility and obligation i think is large it's a big emotion <clears throat> the other emotion is also um you know the imposter syndrome you know that pops up often because it was like i don't know if i could do this it's easier you know when you're not um responsible for other people but when you are you know um and you have to continue to level up like it's it's amazing how often you can just kind of run away and hide in your bed or or just not deal with things because you had the luxury of but when you're actually again responsible for clients you're responsible for other people's livelihoods you're responsible for growing your business and keeping the lifeblood um coming into your company that reality that knowledge and awareness is so powerful it's scary because you know that when you stop, everything else stops. But in regards to, to the whole purpose of this podcast is that it's about thriving. And I think that I've had to do a lot of inner work and I've had to do a lot of shadow work to try and make sure that my mind stays focused. My, my mind and my heart is focused on providing decent leadership. And I mm -hmm. think part and parcel of the biggest parts of being and running my own company is recognizing that um, the company is not you. It is like your, the fruit of your loins to a certain degree, um, but it is a reflection of you too. So if you, 
yourself and your personal life and your own mind, your own spirit, Waidua, if that is not settled, if you are not healthy and okay within, it's really hard to grow um, a team. Um, and it's also really hard to be able to stand by the values and vision of your company as well, if things are all over the place. So I had to do a lot of tidying up as well uh, because, and not because, you know, people are relying on me, but because I recognize my own limitations yeah. and the way that I was also creating mental limitations and mental blocks um, that were unnecessary. So I had to do a lot of digging, dug down deep. And then um, I also had to be honest and recognize where my skills were yeah. and where my skills weren't. And so with that in mind, um, this is where having a great team. So I, you know, even though, yes, this is kind of kaifakahai, a chief executive role, in actuality, I have a team. I, I rely heavily on my team and the skills that come there. I am grateful to have people that are way smarter than me doing stuff that I cannot do. And I also absolutely love that I do not, although I do some, I do do it sometimes, but I'm not uh, wasting my time trying to do stuff that I just am shit at. You know, I just, I can't, <laughs> it's not, I have no business doing it. Like, yeah. why are you doing it? Just to prove something that you can. I'm like, you're wasting time and you're wasting money. And I think the last part on that is money. You know, that I've, um, you know, having a system and a process around um, building financial wealth has also meant that, you know, in partnership with my accountant, building really robust financial pro processes and procedures, um, but also shifting the awareness around money, you know, around wealth creation. So for us um, as MEA, we're not only helping others to build wealth, but I also want my team to grow their own wealth as well. So part and parcel of that is giving them access um, this year to financial, a financial coach so that they can also build their independent wealth. And as I said, I'm happy if people fly the coop. I'm finding that they don't, but I'm happy if they do because it means that they can go and give the energy to the world. But um, poverty is one of the most critical, poverty and the impact of colonization and everything that it goes with that. Yeah. Um, those are the greatest challenges that we're facing here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And yes, it's a poverty of mind to a certain degree. Um, yes, we've also been locked off from accessing resources. And so for me, I think the greatest empowerment that we can provide is also being a model of wealth creation and saying that it's okay to make money. And it's even better if you make money, do good, and yeah. also a good human. Yes, that's, that's a lovely, that's sort of a lovely triangle to bringing it all together. Because we, we, we live in an economic world and we need to be able to thrive um, in, in that. And um, if you look at the opportunities that uh, are now presenting themselves, um, they're, they're quite different to what it was 12 months ago. Um, some, some are similar, but they're, they're, there's often some amazing. I was in, um, in a session yesterday listening to ideas for 2021 on wealth creation some great ideas on, on how, how to do things differently. And the ideas were absolutely amazing. So it's bringing together um, the people. What, Kay Marie, what, what comes through for me when you were talking there is that um, you're, you're, not, um, you're not okay with keeping everything to yourself. You're a sharer, you're a connector and also a sharer and an enabler. So you put in the, you've got the ecosystem 
that you want to be able to grow and share what it is that you're doing. And that notion of um, sharing the energy with the world, I think that's that's what good leaders do. They they develop their their people. They look for for the opportunities to say what what else is what else aren't you telling me about yourself and your aspirations or or where your your thinking is or where your dreams are around your contribution to the world. And you're able to go right. That's that's what a good coach does. Um, it it helps people find the answers to their own questions in a way. Um, and be able to move forward. So you're actually enabling um, through your team, uh, you're enabling a progression. So because all of those people in your team, they also have families. They also are role models for their, their networks as well, whether they're community networks or business networks or social networks, whatever. Um, so we've got a lovely ripple effect. Um, perhaps it's a bit like the butterfly wings that, uh, you know, we start flapping around the world and, um, you know, the, the energy gently gets around. So what a, what a um, tell us the, the name of your business at the moment, because we alluded to that earlier on, but we didn't actually give our, our listeners the name of it. So if they're looking to, to uh, do a little bit of research on you and what you're doing. Sure. So um, our company is called Making Everything Achievable, or MIA. Uh -huh. And the significance of MIA is um, in the north particularly, but many Māori communities um, use the word MIA. Uh, it's like, hey, bring the MIA, homaite MIA, what's the MIA? And basically it was a way for us to express um, anything. You know, that we, as long as it aligns with our values, um, our main kaupapa is to be able to work with anyone and help them achieve what they want to do. And so um, our whole approach is to figure out how can we help you make whatever you're trying to achieve achievable. And, um, and that's been a really big journey around um, design principles so you know really good design principles does require at its core good communication strategic thinking you also have to look at the environment that you're operating within you've also got you know we work in a highly political environment as well so we have to always be conscious about different dynamics and and how does that also impact or affect the way that you communicate and so we've been able to traverse that for some time um, and we're also specialists in connecting and engaging and I like that because actually I tried to build a company around my strengths. I love to talk. I love to connect. I love building relationships. I love building friendships. And so, you know, MEA has also really helped um, to yeah. create, you know, have that as a platform as well. The uh, it's, it's, it's rich, isn't it? Making everything achievable. And uh, the... Um, the work you've done has has been over over a long time, so I can still hear the passion in um, the the love of what you do and and the passion in it. So, what does uh, what's the future looking like? Do you know? Do you actually plan two years ahead? Do you do you use your team for for that? Do you have a circle of mentors? I know you've been part of the Edmund Hillary um, Foundation. Uh, do you still work? With that, is that something that ongoes for the rest of your life? Uh, um, you would have many um, circles of influence, I imagine, um, because of your background, whether in government, politics, and community. So, where else do you look for? Um, 
I was going to say inspiration, but it's not the not the right word. But it's um, where else do you you look for a space to do the thinking of of perhaps where this is going to go? So looking back, you know, the, a legacy that perhaps you're leaving, but also moving forward to create something that's different to what is now. Yeah, it's a, for the we definitely do planning. Um, and we're really getting sharper at planning as well um, so that it's really clear for the team where we're heading. But our aim is to grow um, and develop, especially in the digital space. Um, so we can see there's a lot of gaps and a lot of capacity and capability needs across a wide range of areas, um, especially with our tribal partners um, who are also busy delivering services, um, managing expectations, um, but also our leaders that are needing support. So I'd really like to um, help tell our stories um, in a way that uh, enables our grassroots communities to be heard. So um, part and parcel of our ambition is to bring on more young people um, to help train them up and grow them um, in their digital skills. So that they can um, be they'll be able to work from home and be able to um, provide some advisory and guidance um, you know, as writers, content creators, and storytellers. Mm. Um, in regards to the circles that I'm involved in, I've got many. Um, and yes, the Edmund Hillary Fellowship it is like a, a forever in your life type <laughs> scenario. Um, at the moment, we are um, doing what we call a huddle around a community in Tolaga Bay um, called the Tolaga Bay Inn, but Tolaga Bay Innovation. Yeah. And they're looking at uh, turning themselves into an investment platform to help support grassroots businesses and uh, entrepreneurs to grow and flourish. Oh. And Tolaga Bay um, economically has struggled for a long time. Um, and they've also been often forgotten in regards to the broader um, kind of government planning for investment. So they want to become more self-sustaining and utilize the global network of EHF to help them grow. So I'm um, part of helping to design that practice and that process. Um, I'm also an Atlantic Fellow. Um, so that's an amazing scholarship um, that we've received through the University of Melbourne. Um, that's, uh, there's six of us from New Zealand um, who are doing our masters in social leadership um, alongside 15 to 16 others, other Aboriginal brothers and sisters from Australia. Yeah. So um, together we're learning, we've got an amazing program um, and we just recently started our first module to look at the impact of the media on our Indigenous communities and also uh, policy as well and how that's affected us. So those experiences just help not only keep my fire, you know, raging, but I also think it helps me to understand and appreciate the other challenges that other communities are facing and what solutions they have but also to say look hey we've got some ideas and solutions that we are offering as well um, and then finally I also have another company called Aho so I co-founded that with um, my dear friend Ben Paidea, um, and that is a decentralized platform for a genealogy and it's also a community archiving system and it's pretty much a world first in regards to the way that the technology has been designed um, and also the training that we're delivering in community. So that as a technology platform, um, we've got big dreams for that. We definitely want to take that company global um, and also help communities, most, you know, families and individuals to not forget 
who they are and also not not lose the voices of our of our elders of our old people um mm. so that we can always have these stories um and their wisdom um accessible and available to us as well um, but there's a whole uh, methodology and practice um that's been wrapped around the aho uh, business as well but yeah kind of oh. managing that um, and being a mum i've got a 16 year old teenager and he keeps me on my toes and um he's going through that teenage got a new girlfriend time so um, i'm just trying to balance our family business um team and then my well-being and amongst all of that as well and i love i love the way you've actually we've actually brought all this back to story of family and community story of life really it's a story of life and your contribution to being active in that being being able to care and love for those around you and want absolute best opportunity that's what i think you uh, you do in your thriving daily in your work and your life so um i want to thank you very much for your um for your time today um if anyone wants to contact you what's the best way to do that what would you prefer um, so you can contact me at, um, at www.mea.nz. Um, it's just a landing page at the moment because we're going to be doing a big reveal. Um, or you can email me on kmariedunn at gmail.com or through my business site, which is um, k-a-y-e at aho, a-h-a-u dot i-o, um, or through my other um, company email, which is k-a-i w-h-a-k-a-e-r-e kaifakahaere at mea.nz there's lots of ways that you can find me you can also find me on facebook unfortunately i don't have a linkedin um i was hacked and so i have to go through a bit of a journey to get my um linkedin reactivated but um you know if you if if you ask you'll find me um if you look online you'll find me and um i'm always open to having a yarn and building a friendship to see what we can do to help each other and that's exactly what we've been doing globally um, through Global Leaders Thrive and our thriving conversations. The podcast is Thriving Matters, deliberately chosen title, because thriving in our daily life and our work is a way to make our relationships richer, to help us understand ourselves and others, and to be able to work together for a strong purpose, to be actually able to put our foot forward together and create leaders around the world, not just for our present time, but for the future. So listeners, thank you for your company today. I hope you've enjoyed the conversation with Kay Marie Dunn. If you'd like to know more about what I do, pop on to carriebenedette.com or Global Leaders Thrive, our new, um, our new website, our new program, um, because this is what we believe. We need good leadership for the current time, but also with a view to the future. That is our, that's what we can leave behind. We're only here for a short amount of time on this earth and uh, we, there is much that we can do together. Together we are strong, together we can thrive in, in a healthy way, up and down the, the, uh, the roller coaster of life and work, but more to looking at it with optimism um, in what we can do together. So it's over to you. Some takeaways from today, very rich takeaways, a lot around the value of self-learning, being self-aware of how we lead 
and then how then that helps us understand the needs of others. Um, good mentoring, surrounding yourself with a circle of positivity, but also skill and how we can reflect on what we're doing currently. So thanks again, Kay Marie. Uh, uh, we will see you in, uh, in uh, Global Leaders Thrive in, in March. It's the 24th of March. We go to New Zealand. And so we would love to, um, to have your company as well on that. Thanks very much. Go gently, everybody. Your thriving matters. You are precious. Don't forget it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters.